Why, hello there. This is John from pureandsimplebible.com, and I am so thankful that you came back for the second part of this very excellent Bible conversation on the Law of the Harvest with Brother Bob Loudermilk. Last week, we talked about three laws of the harvest that we can observe in Galatians chapter 6. And just to kind of refresh our minds, we're trying to figure out how to avoid two extremes. The extreme of living with cheap grace, thinking that we can do whatever we want, but also the other extreme of being bound by a legalistic system that takes us away from the grace through faith salvation that comes in Jesus Christ. So we looked at Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7, talking about the law of sameness, that you are going to reap what you sow. We talked about the law of time, that we shouldn't expect to harvest spiritually immediately what we sow. We also talked about the law of multiplication, that you're going to reap a lot more than what we sow, whether good or bad. And so we've got three more laws from Galatians chapter 6, talking about the, the spiritual seeds that we can sow and the, the spiritual harvest that we're going to reap as well. So why don't you join Bob and I as we continue on this Bible conversation about the law of the harvest. So the, the fourth law, the law of continuation. So tell me about that. We're always sowing something, either the flesh or to the spirit. And here's what really motivates me in working with people. Even if a person has spent their life sowing to the flesh in the past, they don't have to continue that pattern. Mm -hmm. And to be able to go to someone and explain to them that you can begin now yeah. to sow to the Spirit, you know, by being born again of the water and the Spirit, John 3. So the whole idea is in the law of continuation is that you will be sowing something, you know, in your life. If you're not living for God, then you're living for the flesh. And it continues on. That is good. But now we're going to talk about the law of determination. And um, maybe you could flesh that one out for us real quick. Absolutely. The whole idea of the law of determination is the sower is the one that determines the harvest. Mm -hmm. Whoever's out there sowing, they get to determine what kind of seed am I going to put in the ground. And when you think about that, it immediately... Uh, makes Philippians 2.12 come to my mind. We're responsible. Yeah. You know, yeah. work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We have a responsibility. We're responsible to deliberately and persistently sow to the Spirit. That begs the question, maybe some others are thinking it too. Uh, help me understand concretely, you know, how do I do that? How do I sow to the Spirit? What are some of these ways or areas in my life that I can so to the spirit. Okay, that's a great question. Let me just uh, let me answer that in, in with three or four things, just as examples. One area where you can sow to the spirit is in your thinking. Okay, you know you mentioned earlier Colossians three one and two. And oh, that's the right. Whole idea, you know, that we set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Uh, Romans twelve and two is another fantastic passage along the same line where he tells them. Uh, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, verse 2, mm -hmm. and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea that transformation comes as our minds are renewed, our focus, our thought processes are changed, and we go from things of the world to things of the kingdom. Uh, 
another one I mentioned, Colossians 3. If you look over there in verses 4 through 10, you've got the same concept. Conforming to the image of Christ comes by having our thoughts renewed, being mm-hmm. renewed in knowledge. Uh, I won't read it all, but uh, when Christ who is our life appears, you'll appear with him in glory. Then he tells us in verse 5 of Colossians 3, what we put to death. And then he says in verse 8, but now you yourselves put off all these and gives them some other areas to put off. And he tells them in verse 10, and you've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Hmm. So we're renewed in knowledge. Our minds become occupied with Christ and that helps determine, you know, the harvest we reap. So I like to ask people if I'm coaching this or studying with them, what are you occupying your mind with? And how's your mind being renewed? And are you sowing to the spirit in your life? I like that. I like that a lot. Practically, you know, if somebody's just filling their life with, uh, if they're binge watching Netflix, you know, for hours and hours and hours a day, how in the world are you making time in your thoughts to meditate on higher things? So a very practical uh, step for somebody to sow to the spirit. Now you, I just kind of highlighted on a little bit, but uh, I connected setting your mind on things above with the use of time. So for the person maybe who uh, feels a little bit guilty about binge watching Netflix, how would our use of time help us sow to the spirit? If you look over in Ephesians uh, chapter five, Paul would write there, see then that you work uh, that you walk circumspectly, mm. not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, that's an interesting word to walk circumspectly. And he's telling us to 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 look around, to know how you're walking, to be very careful how you're living, and to make sure that you're making the very best use of your time, of your opportunities. When you think about it, Jonathan, God's given us life Mm -hmm. and he's given us a limited amount of time. So it's a very serious thing to ask, well, how am I using my time? Right. You know, uh, Dr. James Dobson once said that if the devil can't make you sin, then he'll just make you busy Mm -hmm. and it'll pretty much end up the same to the same thing. We're so busy. I mean, my family's busy. Other families are busy. I try to have Bible studies with people from uh, our congregation. And I tell you, it is an Olympic event to find common time, not just on their end, but my end too. We're we're so busy. Uh, And it's not always, you know, we're not filling our lives with sinful things, but sometimes we're we're negotiating our time with things that are morally neutral versus things that are morally, uh, I guess, positive. And the things that are morally neutral win, you know, uh, our extracurricular activities, our hobbies, our things that aren't really going to matter at the end of life. Busyness, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts oh, on this? You know, busyness is, is, uh, can be dangerous if we're just busy and never really thinking beyond what's going on in the moment. I think you're exactly right. And one of the things I've thought of is that so often we suffer spiritual amnesia, I call uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we forget, we forget, Jonathan, why we're here. Mm. Uh, we forget what our purpose is in this world. Yep. We forget yep. that we're here to glorify God and to put him first. And 
we can get so busy with so many things that we forget to follow the example of Christ. I've thought of him so yeah. many times when he went out and he spent the night praying to God. Right before he uh, chose the 12 and named the 12 apostles, what did he do? He spent the whole night praying to God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was a busy man, but he found time to go be alone with the Father. And I think to do that in answer to what you were talking about is we have to be disciplined. We have to make that decision that I've got a lot of things going on. There was some uh, some old preacher, he's no longer around, I forgot who it was, a Reformation preacher that said, I have got so many things to do today, so, so many things to do that I'm going to have to spend three hours in prayer or I'll never get it all done. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, I think about the 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 wise preacher's final admonition in, in Ecclesiastes for young people. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before evil days draw nigh. You know, uh, right. if if you can get it right with the creator while you're young and set priorities spiritually, then your use of time is going to you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness if we can connect it to our harvest laws. And I've always uh, tried to instruct my children the the big rocks first, you know, the illustration yeah, of yeah, yeah. put the big rocks in first. Mm-hmm. Those big rocks are relationship with God, prayer, the word of God, those types of things. That's right. I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm going to, it's about time I did that with my kids. So thank you. Yeah. I'm going to put that in my family worship next week, talking about Absolutely. the big rocks. Maybe we'll do it together. That'll be a good visual. Absolutely. Um. So we're, the, the question, we're, we're still in this law of determination. I am determining to sow spiritual things. I'm determining to sow to the Spirit. I'm going to do it with my thoughts. I'm going to do it with my use of time. What else can I do? Well, what about the way we talk? You oh. know, uh, our conversation, our speech. Uh, Paul made a, a really interesting contrast over there in Ephesians 4. Uh, like in 25, he says, Therefore, put away lying. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. And then he goes on down in verse 29. He says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, Mm -hmm. but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Mm. So the whole idea, I'm either building other people up, or if I'm understanding this passage right, I'm grieving the spirit. Yeah. When I'm not building people up, then I'm grieving the spirit. So I have to ask, is my speech building others up and glorifying God, or is it grieving the spirit? Mm. Uh, that's quite a picture. To, it's convicting. You think about people that are that are in grief, and then think about God's spirit in grief. It's, yeah. You're right. It's, it's very, very convicting. What about uh, some relationships? How 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 could I sow to the spirit maybe with my family or my friends or maybe even relationships with people I just casually know? Yeah, you know, Paul gave a list. Paul loved lists, didn't he? <laughs> yes, and I'm thankful for it. I like lists too. <laughs> That's right. And uh, there in chapter three, you know, he gives us a list. He says, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on what? Tender mercies, mm. kindness, humility long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And then he 
sums it up, the icing on the cake. He says, but above all these things, put on love, which Mm -hmm. is the bond of perfection. So in our relationships, right? We sow and we show the fruit of the spirit. We show these attributes. We show love. First Corinthians 13, those wonderful 15 attributes of love. I'll sum it up real quick. Our thoughts, our time, our conversation, our speech, our relationships. But the final one, uh, we've alluded to it in our use of time. But maybe you could encourage us with our prayer life. How can I be sowing to the Spirit through prayer? Paul called us to continue in prayer of all types. And over in Ephesians 6, he really hammered on that. uh, Chapter 6 and verse 18. Okay. He says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's Mm. a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we always pray and we continue to pray and we're watchful and we persevere in prayer and we do it for all the saints. So, you know, whenever we're involved with a congregation, are we taking time to call their names in prayer? Mm. Whenever we have a conflict with someone, are we taking time to call their names in prayer? Yeah. Now, you're too young to remember probably the Fonz, right? Happy oh, Days. Oh, man. I watched Happy Days. <laughs> now, granted, it was reruns, but I watched Happy Days growing up as a teenager. It came on uh, like on the, the old TV show channels. But yeah, I watched yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I always like the part where the Fonz could not apologize. And he would do something wrong and he would say, Okay, I'm so, I'm so, so, I'm sorry, and he couldn't, he couldn't get it out. Right. Well, Paul in this passage is telling us, don't be like that. You know, make sure that we're quick to forgive. And I think sometimes we're like that when we have a conflict with someone. It's like the fonts; we can't get their name out. You know, and Lord, please bless brother. And it's difficult for us to even say their name, but. Like like our good mutual friend Don McCord said one time, when you call that man's name in prayer, it makes a huge difference. Mm. You know, when you're having a huge conflict or someone yeah. has mistreated you, get on your knees and call down God's blessing and help and call his name. I two thoughts. First, uh, I mean, I need to jot down a note in Ephesians six. Don't be a fawns. You know, hopefully that'll. <laughs> be a reminder for next time I read through it. But secondly, applying it specifically to praying for those someone who has wronged me, for God to bless them and forgive them, for God to be merciful, etc. Suddenly they're not a uh just a one-dimensional villain in my life, but they're they're becoming fleshed out because as I'm praying for them, I'm starting to empathize with them. And, you know, when I think about it, it's like, I don't, I don't want this person to endure God's wrath. Is it really worth what hurt maybe I've gone through? Do I really want them to serve an eternity of punishment for that? Of course not. And so through prayer and and spending that time sowing to the Spirit in prayer, uh, you begin to empathize with those that you at one time were very antagonistic towards. Absolutely. What do you think about you know, that? I, as you were saying that, I thought, now there are things where if a person is in sin, you're not asking God to, to bless them in their True. sin. You're, you're praying they will come to repentance and knowledge of the truth or whatever. But 
but you're right. When, when uh, I'm envious of someone, when I'm jealous of someone, when someone has, I perceive mm. that they've mistreated me, if I can pray for them and also remember that there's a reason why people do what they do. And yeah. uh, I know sometimes when I have gone to the store and the person at the grocery store is, you know, checking out the groceries and, and they're rude or they won't talk. If I can remember, I wonder what's going on in their life or someone cuts me off in traffic. Right. And uh, right. I had a guy that cut me off in traffic here in Oklahoma city a couple of years ago. And I was coming up on the ramp and I wasn't going fast enough to please him. And, you know, he got up, I, I looked in the rearview mirror and he was trying to talk to me in sign language and I'm not deaf. And, well, that wasn't <laughs> enough. He had to get right next to me and make sure I understood it. He had to speak in tongues. But I had just read some things on this and I remember praying for him as he went by and it really changed my demeanor. You know, Lord, will you please help him? Something that must mm. really be going on in his life. And if we can look at people yeah. with that type yeah. of heart, it, it really helps us. And, uh, say a prayer for them rather than getting angry. <laughs> well, this has been such a great list of ways that I can sow to the spirit. And uh, so I hope that maybe those who are listening, uh, this law of determination, this fifth law, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time on it, but hopefully it's helped conceptualize or um, uh, maybe construct for our listeners some very, oh, not easy is not the word I want to use, but some very practical ways that we can sow to the spirit, things you could start doing today, right? You're not going to be waiting until you're, you've reached that certain level of spiritual knowledge that you think you got to be sitting on a mountaintop somewhere. These are things you could start today working towards to sow to the spirit. So I'm grateful for them, um, but we're not done yet. That's, this is a, what a bounty we're harvesting here, all these harvest laws, but uh, you're, you're the final one that you've have in the study is uh, the law of perseverance. We've kind of alluded to it already, but maybe you could spend some time explaining what that is and how it applies here in Galatians 6. That one I think is identified by Paul in verse 9, where he, after he says everything that we've covered, he comes down to the conclusion of that and he says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Mm-hmm. So the idea that a good harvest, just like a physical harvest, you work hard, you persevere. It's hard work, demands so much of us. And spiritually, of course, a death to ourself and a crucifixion with Christ. But Paul says, keep doing it anyway. Never yeah. give up. Yeah. So I encourage people, pray when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Treat people right like we just talked about when you prefer to do otherwise. He says, you keep planting the right seeds. And look at verse 9. This alludes back to what you asked earlier. At the proper time, mm-hmm. the harvest right. will come. The harvest always comes, Jonathan, in God's timing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, I've been impatient all my life. You know, <laughs> I graduated from high school early because I wanted to get out. I went to summer school, so I get out early. I, mm-hmm. Everything I've done, you know, I want to do it in a hurry. Yeah. Well, it's difficult for me, but <laughs> I have to realize that it's God's timing and the harvest will come when he's ready. Yep. It doesn't happen overnight. Amen. I want to share scripture. Um, I've shared it many times on this podcast before, but it's made a profound impact in my life and, and hopefully it can help others. It's Isaiah 55 verse 11. And in that scripture, 
after God has explained how his ways are higher than our ways and his, you know, uh, it's almost the, the disparity between us is so great that it's uh, hard to overcome. But verse 11, he says, my word shall not return to me void. Mm. And that's a promise uh, that if his word is planted, it will reap a harvest. And it's if I trust God, it will happen. Like right. the connection being in, in Galatians 6 at the proper time. But I trust that he's promised it will happen. So then I need to just keep planting and watering and he's going to be the one that provides the Absolutely. increase. You're welcome. Um, you have an example here that says how to grow a Chinese bamboo tree. And I'm curious about that example. Will you want to sure. share with us what it's well, talking about? They say that the Chinese bamboo tree, you can look this up on the internet if you don't believe me, but it is the, fa the fastest <laughs> growing plant in the world. And here's how you do it. You take a little seed and you plant it and you water it and you fertilize it for a whole year and nothing happens. The second year you mm. go out, you do it the same thing. Nothing happens. Third year, by the way, if it's the front yard, the neighbors are wondering, why does he keep going out there pouring <laughs> water on that thing? Nothing's happening. And the third yeah. year, nothing yeah. happens. And so you start getting discouraged. Fourth year, the same thing. You're watering, you're, you're putting the water, you're putting fertilizer, nothing happens. But the fifth mm -hmm. year, during the fifth year, the Chinese bamboo tree sprouts and grows 90 feet in six weeks. Now that's wow. 24 inches a day, Jonathan. I mean, you can stand back and almost see that thing growing. <laughs> for four years, for five years, yeah. it's built this foundation. And then at the proper time, it sprouts and it grows 90 feet in six Good weeks. Night. And I think what a beautiful example, yeah. you know, because yeah. so often in our lives, you know, we're planning. It alludes back to what you said earlier. We wonder why isn't something happening? I'm discouraged. And he said, just keep planting mm. and just keep watering. And uh, he reminds us there in Second Thessalonians 3.13, as for you brothers, never tire of doing what is right. You just keep doing it. And at the proper time, you're going to get a harvest. I need to get a sticky note of that and put it on my mirror. Never tire of doing what is right. Sometimes you get frustrated whenever you do the right thing and uh, you don't seem to get any benefit from it, right? That's right. We're never supposed to get tired of it. Well, the, the passage in Galatians 6, uh, it ends in verse 10. I was wondering if maybe I could read it and then sure. uh, have you break it down for me. It says, uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. What's this saying? Yeah, you know, Paul is kind of summarizing that word therefore. You know, we always say, if you see the word therefore, ask what's it there for? Mm -hmm. Well, he's pulling together everything that he just said. And he says, you got to sow a lot of good seed. You know, when your theology is right, when you're motivated by the grace of God, right, it's going to show forth in how you treat other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with this verse, Paul is concluding the main body of his letter. And he's saying, let us do good. Let us do good. And that's really his conclusion. Uh, what follows is really, some call it a handwritten postscript after that. <laughs> but but Paul tells us when and to whom we're to do good. He says, I want you to do good as you have opportunity. So just like there's an appointed time to reap a harvest, yeah, there's a proper time to do good, to sow to the Spirit. 
And when is that time? Well, it's now as we have opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then he tells us to whom we're to do good. You know, we owe a debt of love to every person in the world, regardless of where they live. Christ said, go to all nations. But he says there's one priority that's important that we remember. What's, what, what is it? Notice what he says in that verse, especially those who belong to uh, the family of believers. Right, right. You know, uh, we have a unique relationship with one another as brothers and sisters that's precious, that we're of the same family. Mm-hmm. We're part of the family mm-hmm. of God. So he says, you do good to everyone, but especially be sure that you do good to the family of believers. Well, this has just God. been a, a very enlightening conversation for me. But I want to close with giving you an opportunity to maybe uh, sum up things or uh, bring up something maybe we haven't had the chance to talk about. Is there anything you want to add as a concluding thought before we end this Bible study conversation? Well, first of all, this has been great for me. I've enjoyed it very much. And I, I guess the note I would end on is to remember, for the listeners to remember, that they have a choice, you know, that they can sow to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can live any way they want, do what they want, when they want, or they can choose a whole new life, and that's living for the Spirit. And in the end, they'll reap eternal life. And I wanted to wanted to say that there may be people listening that in the past, they've lived for the flesh. In the past, they've done some really bad things, just like me, mm-hmm. just like you. Amen. <laughs> we all have. You know, there's things that we're ashamed of in our lives. And just to know that that's why Christ died. He died for people mm-hmm. like that. I had a man tell me one time, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. Well, that's who Jesus died for. And that even if we've spent 20 years or 30 years or 50 years, doesn't matter, living for the flesh, making all of these horrible decisions, that we can be born again and we can begin to live the rest of our life for the Spirit. And I think that's such a, a motivation and such a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to the next time we have the opportunity to study together, and uh, I'm grateful for your time. Thank you. I want to thank Brother Bob for coming on the program, for being a risk taker, and joining me via Zencaster so that we could talk together about this great Bible study subject. I want to invite you to go to the website and check out the resources there. There's some new things I'm back in my fall swing of things, and so there's going to be a weekly podcast, a weekly YouTube video, but I've also got a new workbook that's out, and I want you to go there and check it out. It's called Let's Talk About Jesus, and I'm going to actually devote a podcast to that coming up later on, but go there and check out the new workbook, Let's Talk About Jesus, and hopefully it'll help you in your personal evangelism and ministry with those in your community. I want to again ask, please, if you would go to the podcast uh, app that you use, like Apple Podcast or SoundCloud or Spotify, and leave a five-star review for this podcast. It's helpful for me getting the word out to other people via suggestion. The, the, the apps themselves will suggest this podcast to others based on the amount of ratings and reviews that it has. So a five-star review would be very helpful. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon.
Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.